This is the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Today is Tuesday, March 12th, 2019. It is quickly approaching 11 o'clock in the morning here in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Uh, as we are into the season of Lent, I hope that you're having a blessed season of Lent. Just a reminder, because uh, many churches have stations of the cross, uh, typically on Fridays, Friday uh, morning, Friday afternoon, Friday evenings. Just a reminder, the, 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 the virtue and the power of meditating upon the passion of Jesus. This, When I heard this uh, a few years ago, this changed my, my outlook on the stations of the cross. Jesus told St. Faustina that meditating upon his passion will help us rise above all things. And there, there's just such great value in meditating upon the Lord's passion. Um, really just just envisioning his wounds. Um, Our Lord's wounds heal us. And that says that in Scripture, even in the the book of Isaiah, I believe it reads verbatim, by his wounds we are healed. And St. Peter then reinforces that uh, in his book in the New Testament. And Jesus talks about that often in the Diary of Divine Mercy. So, so we, when we meditate upon the wounds and the passion of Jesus, we receive healing, mercy, blessings, graces, the presence of our Lord. And it's, it, it is not to be underestimated. So uh, I highly encourage you, before I get into today's message, uh, if you get an opportunity to, to spend some time uh, in the Stations of the Cross devotion, it, it, you won't be disappointed. The mercy of Jesus will envelop you. Now, as far as today's message, I, I was searching and I, I wasn't sure what I, I just try to I try to be open to what the Lord wants. I try to be obedient to whatever whatever Jesus is asking me to do as best I can. And I wasn't sure which direction to go. So my eyes were drawn immediately to uh, the book I wrote a couple years ago, Jesus Only Speaks the Truth. And then I, I, I opened up the book and immediately I found myself at chapter eight, uh, The Importance of Obedience. And I realized, you know, I think this is this is going to be the message today, the importance of obedience. Um, you know, we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey of our faith. I mean, those, you know, we're all at different places in our journey. I mean, even those who are who are on this journey and 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 are not seeking are in effect on a journey. Uh, and on our journey, we experience different things, we learn different things. Jesus teaches us different things. And over the last Oh, I mean, I, I, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say as I, as I say this out loud, I guess probably, I mean, it's been a few years, but then even more intensely over the last few months, Jesus, I'd say probably since the summertime, uh, this past summer of 2018, Jesus really was instructing me on the importance of obedience. I mean, I think he was probably trying to instruct me, but I don't know if I was, my heart was as open as, as it ought to be, uh, prior to that, but the importance of obedience, the importance of obedience to God's will. Now, I want to read to you just a few things that Jesus told St. Faustina about the value of obedience right here. She writes, true love of God consists of carrying out God's will. Now, this one right here, I was just telling a friend about this recently. This this is a very powerful uh, writing that St. Faustina wrote. Real quickly, of course, St. Faustina, uh, Jesus appeared to St. Faustina in Poland from 1925 to 1938. Everything Jesus told St. Faustina uh, is runs in harmony with sacred scripture, and as best as Saint Faustina could, she recorded all that Jesus taught her. And 
one thing that she wrote was this. Let all your desires, even the holiest, noblest, and most beautiful, take always the last place and your holy will, the very first. Amen. And what St. Faustina is simply saying is even when we, when, we, when we think what's best, like this is what God will want me to do, this is what God will want me to do, it's always best to ask God and, and, and get his, his specific instructions and place God's will first. Uh, there's also, and I, I wasn't planning on getting into this today, but I'm gonna, I'll just very quickly, I'll just make a quick reference. Uh, I think it's on page 168 of the Diary of Divine Mercy, if you, if you have that book, where St. Faustina, uh, she, and, and I don't have the book in front of me right now, I, I probably should have put, in any event, um, she writes on one page by the instructions of Jesus to write that my own will does not exist. I'm not getting every, every there might be a few additional words in there, but, and then she's, she's encouraged to X out that page. My own will does not exist. And then the next page, she writes, uh, I will do the will of God always, everywhere, and in everything. Amen. And this is a direct instruction of Jesus. And this, God's will, I think if there's, if there's one thing that I've, I've, I've learned that is so, God's will is most important. That's what, that's what we're here to do. We've all been created for a mission. We have you know, a, a mission that our Lord has sent us out on. And then every day, every day we have, we have steps that take to, to complete that mission, really every hour. And in, in that, that we were constantly being asked to say yes to God. And when we say yes to God, as Jesus tells us in the Diary of Divine Mercy, we receive a sea of blessings. We receive the presence of the most holy trinity. And I can tell you this, the more we say yes to God, the more at peace we will be. Very, very true. Jesus actually says the more that a soul trusts, the more it will receive. Well, the essence of trust is saying yes to God, right? So let me read right here. I want to read this chapter. This is chapter eight. This is a book I wrote a couple years ago, Jesus Only Speaks the Truth. It's called The Importance of Obedience. Just a few pages, but it's, it's I quote scripture, and I, I th- this is what I believe our Lord is asking to be this is the message for today. I believe this is God's will. The book of, this is taken from the book of St. John, chapter 3, verse 36. One who believes in the Son has eternal life. But one who disobeys the Son won't see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. And then I write, Jesus will forgive any sin. His mercy is beyond all imagining. His compassion surpasses the comprehension of the human mind. It is also important to recognize the role of obedience and how it makes such a difference in our lives. Sadly, as humans, we ask ourselves, if Jesus is so merciful, why do I have to be obedient? We've all asked this question. So what's the answer? Let's see what Jesus has to say. In the book of St. John, chapter 15, verses 4 to 7, this is at the Last Supper, Jesus says this, Remain in me, and I in you. As the branch can't bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. He who remains in me, and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If a man doesn't remain in me, he is thrown out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it will be done for you. Amen. A quick commentary on that. Think about that last part specifically, okay? Think about this for just a minute. When we have Jesus dwelling in our hearts, therefore, of course, his words, obviously, as our Lord is dictating, are going to be dwelling within our heart. So our requests, our requests are going to be, are going to be in accordance with God's will. And if they're not, obviously, they'll be answered in, in the way that is in accordance with God's will, which should only be seen as a wondrous and miraculous thing. But the more time we spend with Jesus, the more he's going to dwell in our hearts, the more his words are going to dwell in our hearts, and the more that our lives are going to be in accordance with God's will. And that's the point of the message, the importance of obedience. I'm going to continue right here. This is taken from the book of St. John, chapter 15, verse 10. Again, still at the Last Supper. One of the greatest teachings. I'll tell you, if you get a chance to read through the book of St. John chapters, I think it's 13 through 17. Um, that's the Last Supper discourses. It's, it's just miraculous teachings you you will be filled with such joy get a chance to read through it i highly recommend it book of saint john chapter 15 verse 10 jesus says if you keep my commandments you will remain in my love even as i have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love amen then i go on to write jesus is describing the benefits of obeying him he is telling us that if we obey his words ask for what you want and it will be yours that sounds like a great deal. By obedience, we remain with Jesus. By obedience, we remain with Jesus. So what is he asking of us? How are we obedient to our Lord? The book of St. John, chapter 13, verse 34. This is the beginning part of the Last Supper. Jesus says this, a new commandment. I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also love one another. Amen. And I write, this is why sometimes I cringe when I hear people say things like your actions, your deeds have nothing to do with anything. When you hear someone make a statement that may not sound right, ask yourself, did Jesus say that? If our deeds are irrelevant, why did Jesus teach the Sermon on the Mount? Why did Jesus command us to love one another? If what we do has no relevance. At some point in his three years of teaching, did Jesus ever say that our deeds are insignificant? Not that I can see. In fact, the story of the Good Samaritan is all about good deeds. Jesus tells a story about how a priest and a Levite walked by a beaten man in need of help. Do nothing about it. But when a Samaritan, a heretic, walks past the beaten man, the Samaritan is moved with compassion, takes care of his wounds and pays for him to stay at an inn while he heals. In this story, why did Jesus use a priest to walk past the man 
who was beaten by robbers, what does a priest represent? Someone holy, a man of great faith, right? He may have great faith, but where is his love? I will concede that we shouldn't do good deeds to gain merit, but rather good deeds should be motivated by pure love. When you believe in Jesus, when you have him in your heart, good deeds are a byproduct of that love. In this parable, we are seeing the importance of good deeds driven by pure love, compassion, and mercy. The reality is this. Good deeds happen when Jesus is in your heart. You know, so many times as humans, we try to so hard to make resolutions. There are times we keep them, but most times we break them. Why is that? In a word, pride. It would be wiser to resolve to go to Mass and confession more often, to pray a certain devotion, to read the Bible, to spend more time in prayer with Jesus, rather than to make a resolution to do more good deeds or to stop committing a certain sin. By resolving to receive the sacraments more frequently, pray a certain devotion, the Chapel of the Divine Mercy or the Holy Rosary, or read the Bible, Jesus will grant us the grace to be able to successfully accomplish our resolution. I resolved many times to do more good and turn away from sin. I failed many, many times. I've lost more fights than I ever thought I'd be in. For example, I resolved many times, many times to drink less. During the week, it wasn't until I began going to Mass more frequently, Sundays and some daily Masses, going to confession every few months or so, praying the chapter of Divine Mercy and the Holy Rosary, that this resolution was successfully accomplished. That is to say, I couldn't do it on my own. I needed Jesus and Mary to see victory. It takes humility to recognize the need for dependence on Jesus. Jesus says that the humble are blessed. See the correlation? So if we make the right resolutions, by the grace of Jesus, we will see success. Yes, it is true that none of us are worthy of heaven. Yes, it is true that the bloodshed of Jesus atones for our sins. It is true that His mercy is beyond the comprehension of the human mind. It is also true that God gives us free will. What does that mean? It means we need to ask Jesus for forgiveness and mercy. And then we need to trust, place all of our confidence in the mercy of Jesus as best we can. The passion of Jesus allows us to be forgiven. Because the sacrifice has been made. It does not give us a license to sin and not seek forgiveness. It does not give us a license to treat other people like garbage and not ask Jesus for mercy. Will Jesus forgive any sin? Absolutely. What do we have to do? With a sincere heart, ask, repent, and trust in His mercy. If you don't feel like your heart is sincere, ask, Jesus to grant you that grace. He will. It is important for us to go to the it is important for us to go to confession if we have that sacrament. If not, we can ask Jesus directly. He will forgive. This does not give us permission to completely omit confession if we have received the sacrament. If we are Catholic and have not received the sacrament. Or if we feel Jesus is calling us to receive confession, we need to listen to him. As he instituted the sacrament of reconciliation. 
In the book, I note, see chapter 11, which of course is where I get into where Jesus appeared to the apostles in the upper room and instituted that great sacrament. These are the last few sentences. If we received the sacrament at some point in life, sacrament of confession, I think it's safe to say that Jesus wanted us to receive it for a reason. In other words, if we have ever received the sacrament of confession, we need to take advantage of this miraculous gift. Amen. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. This is the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast.